Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Our purpose in doing this podcast is to make a difference in the lives of others by inspiring and empowering them to improve their health. We talk to people around the world who have used cannabis with great success in dealing with a myriad of health issues. And we need your help in order to take this message around the world. If you'd like to contribute to Cannabis Health Radio, go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and go to the Donate page and make a contribution, either a monthly contribution or a one-time contribution. And for those who have done so so far, we say thank you. Duodenal cancer is one of the rarest types of cancer affecting the gastrointestinal tract. Duodenal tumors can prevent food from moving from the stomach into the small intestine, causing a blockage of the gastrointestinal tract. Our guest today was diagnosed with stage 4 duodenal cancer. Stage 4 means widespread cancer in the abdominal cavity and in distant organs outside the digestive tract. And joining us to tell her story is Karen Gourley of New Jersey in the United States. Karen, good of you to join us. Thank you very much. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hi, Corey. We're great. Now, take us back to the day in July of 2015 when you were diagnosed with duodenal cancer. Tell us about that. Okay. I um, went to the doctor. I'm a nurse by trade, so we diagnose ourselves with everything. So I automatically thought it was my gallbladder because the pain start in the middle of my stomach and wrap around my back. So I went to the doctor thinking it was only a gallbladder, and he reassured me because I was going on a cruise. That's the only reason why I went to the doctor, because I wanted to eat on my cruise. And I knew I couldn't eat food because every time I ate, I would get a terrible, terrible pain. So he said, don't worry, don't worry. And I went for a CAT scan, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. He's not calling me back. So I call, me being a nurse, know how to get the reports without the doctor, called my primary doctor, and he gave me the report over the phone, uh, cancer. I was devastated. I couldn't, I was like over the phone, he told me I had cancer. And not even from my gastro doctor, it was my primary doctor. That was on a Friday, July, I, I know the exact date, July 24th to be exact. I think it was July 24th and a Friday around 4 o'clock. So that Monday I had an endoscopy and it was confirmed that it was cancer. That following Monday I had the endoscopy. I, they said it was cancer, and basically, then I went to Morrow Sloan Kettering. Within that week, we, we got an appointment. We went to Morrow Sloan Kettering in the city. It's rated one of the top five hospitals in the United States. Um, they basically gave me two years with aggressive chemo, and if I did nothing, I'd be dead in six months. So they gave you six months to live if you did no chemo at all, but if you did chemo, you'd have an, two years. Two years at best. At best. Well, I'm... At best, and I'm almost two years later, and I'm still good. <laughs> yeah, that when you were given the diagnosis over the phone, uh, I'm just wondering what was it like for you 
to receive from your doctor over the phone a diagnosis of cancer? It was a nightmare. I felt like my world had just collapsed, and it was it was horrible. But I, it was my fault because I called my primary because my my gastro wasn't returning my calls. I guess they were going to wait for me to go into the office for my next visit and tell me. And my primary told me over the phone, but that was because I pressured him. You know, because I knew it was something was up. You know. Yeah, if they don't call you, then you know uh, either it's extremely serious or there is no news is good news. That's 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 the um, motto in the medical field. In no med- news is good news, but it's not always that. Ca- it's not always the case, right? Yeah. Uh, and being a nurse, you know about that, don't you? I mean, you've dealt yes, with. Yes, I do. Yeah. Now, when you decided to go for chemo, why did you try the chemo? Um, I have three little kids. Two of them have learning disabilities. I was desperate to buy any time that I needed. And they told me six months. I was scared. I was scared. I, I started chemo. I went on my cruise. They told me to go on my cruise. I did go on the cruise. That was the first week in August. I went on my cruise. I started chemo. I came home from my cruise on a Sunday night. I started chemo. That Thursday, August 19th, I started chemo. When you went on the cruise, uh, people I know when they go on cruises like to eat because the food... It was a nightmare. I ate nothing on the cruise. I took a blender with a medical note that said I had an instruction. Uh, and I had to take a blender on the cruise ship. But and I ate smoothies the whole trip. <laughs> what was your elimination process like? A... I was constipated because I had a blockage mm-hmm. and I had to take stuff to make me go to the bathroom. Otherwise, it would be horrible. And I was on liquid diet for I for the first six months of my diagnosis. I was liquid diet only. Wow. So I lost over 100 pounds. You lost yeah. over 100 pounds? It, well, since I've been sick, yes. Yeah. Boy, that's a lot. Yes, and... I'm still, that's the battle I'm still having now to try to put on the weight. Now, tell me about the, the chemotherapy. What was that like for you? Um, well, I started chemotherapy. It was called, it was um, 5-FU and oxyplatinol. It was a combination. It was the first chemo treatment. It was okay. It wasn't that bad. You know, but when I got home, I was lightheaded, dizzy, nauseous. And every time I stand, I felt like I was going to pass out. I was dehydrated. Um, and then eventually I was researching and I was on the CBD that my, before I got cancer, I knew about cannabis and I knew about CBD, but I didn't know that you needed so much THC. So I was taking the Stanley brothers CBD. You ever, you ever heard of it? Yes. Um, Yes. I was taking that. So I was on some form of CBD, but not THC. And then I found that I need THC and thank God my dad. And his uh, girlfriend did so much research, and they found me a place. They found me a place in California, and I flew out there, and I actually got the THC. They made me go to California. I got a California medical license, and within that day, I had the THC in my hand, and I flew home the same day. I don't know if that's allowed to be said, but I'm saying it. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, Corey, I'm unfamiliar with the Stanley Brothers. What's that? The Stanley Brothers are. Uh a family of brothers who are really well known for producing CBD products. Oh, um, Charlotte's Web? Yeah. And that's with um, um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta actually put oh, the spotlight right. on them when he did his weed specials. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Karen, you, you flew home with your 
with your cannabis oil. It's 60 grams, yes. You had <laughs> 60 grams. And you mm-hmm. tell us, uh, you started taking it. How did you feel? The first night I took a pea-sized drop. I was in the hotel room because I had I was doing my chemo. I, did, I left Mauro Sloan Kettering, and I went to cancer treatments because Mauro Sloan was so, they were just so depressing. Like, I was like, they were planning my funeral, basically. And they gave me no hope, and I was just a number. So I switched, and I went to cancer treatments in Philadelphia. It was a three-day chemo, so you have to stay in the hospital. So I had to stay in a hotel. So the first night, I was in the hotel with my mother. And I woke up, and I was hallucinating. I was seeing marching bands. It was crazy. It wasn't a bad, but I was hallucinating the first night. How much did you take? <laughs> Just a drop. The size, was, what size a drop? Just curious, Karen. <laughs> it was a pea-sized drop. It a pea-sized drop. Oh, okay, well, that's that's pretty large for starting out with THC. So it's no oh, really? wonder you... No I wonder. know that. I thought we started out with the drop. But no, no, you start you start with the size of a half a grain of short grain rice when it's uncooked, like the teeny, teeny, teeny amount. Yeah, that's bad. I thought that was a pea-sized drop. To me, that's a pea-sized drop. Okay. No. <laughs> but you know, you know with cannabis, it's, it's hard to measure out. So Absolutely, it is. It. And it depends on, you know, everybody's different on how they react. And it depends too. on the strain. Like, I never, the lady I was getting it from, she would... I mean, it was it was completely legit. It was a lab I went to and everything, but they never they never put on the vial if it was sixty four percent THC, seventy five percent THC. But it made me it made me loopy. <laughs> wow. Well, you knew you had the right stuff then. Yes, I did. Okay, so you you saw the march, marching band that first night. Yes. And how was, were you? It was weird. I actually thought that I was like, "Ma, I hear a marching band." She's looking at me like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> you know, I, I have to tell you, I had the same experience. Um, and when I first started trying to save myself, and uh, a girlfriend was sitting with me uh, on the porch, and it was early evening, and I looked at her, and she used to be my neighbor, and I looked at her, and I said, "Carol." Listen to that. When was the last time you heard frogs like that? And, you know, there were all these frogs chirping. And she puts her hand on my knee and she says, sweetie, there are no frogs. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I kept kept the marching band. Totally. It was weird. Why a marching band? I don't even like music. I'm not a music person, but I heard marching bands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. So the next day when you, uh, I'm assuming, took it again, did you take a smaller amount or what happened then? I, um, it's such a fog because I feel like that whole period was so foggy because you, you are, when you first start taking it, like my family tells me now, they go, you were out of it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. remember. They said I was sleeping most of the time. Yeah. I must've taken another, I only took it at night. I didn't do all throughout the day. Like a lot of people do because I couldn't function on the THC. I only took it at night and I took CBD during the day. Okay. So I probably upped it a little bit more. I upped it because I got up to a gram within the month's time. I wow. Did. Good for yeah, you. Good for you. Gram. And I've been on, I've, I've recently lowered it to half a gram, but I still take half a gram of THC. You could probably mm. hear it in my voice. <laughs> um, do you do, have you, do you do or have you thought of doing suppositories? No, because my cancer is in the small intestine and, um, if you atomically, that's where all your digestion takes place. So I feel like the cannabis is right on the on the spot where the the tumor is. 
Well, there is no tumor there no anymore, but it was. That's why I took it all orally. I yeah, it, it, it probably would be good to do it uh, rectally as well, because of course it's absorbed into your system. Um, the other thing is that people who do suppositories don't get high. I know, and I thought you needed it to be metabolized by the liver to get to, because that's what I thought you needed half of it orally, so the liver metabolizes the THC. Is that correct? Well, I'm a big uh, promoter of doing it both ways, kind of cover all, okay. cover all your bases. But certainly I have a number of people who have only done suppositories and have had great success with the oil. And, and I'm speaking even brain tumors. I have uh, one young really? woman. Exactly. One young woman in Vancouver who has not done one drop of oil orally. And I know that Ian and I spoke to somebody, I think it might have been Rose Pettit, who hadn't done any oil orally. It just done it rectally. Yeah, she had uh, brain cancer, lung, lung cancer, cancer, and bone, bone cancer. Yeah, and she got the re- primary was the brain. No, the primary was the lung, I believe. The lung, okay. yeah. yeah, and then they suggested she go to hospice. Yeah, she had five weeks or something. I think they were projecting. Yeah, and uh, and she's fine now. She has still has a little bit of uh, bone cancer, but other than that, she's uh, she's in great health. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's an option for you anyway, because um, as long as you just don't, you don't put it in too far, I always say to people, you don't want it up in your throat, okay? So, (laughs) you know, just in past the sphincter muscle, inch and a quarter, inch and a half. And the beauty of it is you don't get high, and that way you're keeping that level of cannabinoids up in your system instead of having that peak when you take it at night, and then you wait another, wait 24 hours before you're getting that oil into you again. This way your cannabinoid system is, you know, or the cannabinoid level in your system is kept on somewhat of an even keel. Oh, okay. I will try that. Maybe I, because I don't like feeling this way all the time. No. I take the choline and it does snap me out of it, but the mornings are very tough. As you know, yeah. Corey, the mornings can be tough. Yeah. <laughs> the citicoline does definitely snap you out of it. And certainly, you know, this is what I recommend to, um, you know, I have lots of young moms who need to be on their game in the daytime, but they also need to be aggressively fighting that cancer. And so they'll do suppositories in the daytime and then orally at night. Yes, so. I'm so grateful for cannabis. I mean, this whole time people say, I've never looked better, okay? I've never had to once take a pain pill. The only time I took pain pills when I had the blood clot, which we'll get to pretty soon. That's the only time in this whole journey I've ever taken one single pain pill. Karen, in an overview of your situation that you sent us, you said that uh, you had a reaction on your last treatment of chemo. Was that the blood clot? No, the blood clot was um, September 28th. I started the cannabis September 15th of 2015. And the blood clot, they say from the cancer, it makes your blood thicker. And just me laying around, I was not moving with the oil because I guess I took too much too soon. Mm Mm-hmm. And I developed a blood clot. I was from, not from lack of movement. Yeah. yeah, and the cancer too. It was a combination of both. Oh, I see. But yeah. the blood clot. Even when I was in the hospital, I didn't take the oil because I was afraid to take the oil in the hospital. Mm. Um, I did take pain medicine, but when I got home from the hospital, I didn't need any pain medicine. So the oil took care of the pain. The oil took care of the pain. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Good. So when you said you had a reaction on your last uh, chemotherapy treatment, tell us about that. Okay, it was my I was my 12th treatment and um I went into the bathroom 
I was all hives from head to toe. And I couldn't believe that I went to the bathroom, saw it, and I was sitting in the chair and nobody noticed it. Like, I went to the bathroom, I saw the hives on my neck, on my hand, and I went out, and I'm like, I'm thinking I have a reaction. And they're like, oh, yeah. And they just gave me the Benadryl and gave me a whole bunch of stuff. And they said, never take oxyplatinol again. That's what they told me. <laughs> wow. And I'll gladly not take it again. I'll never take chemo again. <laughs> Now, do your doctors, are your doctors aware of what you are doing? They all are, yes. Every single one of them. I've never held it from any of them. What's their reaction? Don't forget, I've been, to, I've, I've been at two hospitals for treatment. Memorial Sloan Kettering in New York City and cancer treatments. So I've been to two of them. Two of them. What's the reaction that you, you've gotten when you've told um, them about this? Memorial Sloan Kettering, terrible reaction. They, they are so against me using it. And every time like I would see her, because I went back. Tomorrow Sloan for radiation therapy. Um, I went back to that hospital this summer, and every time I went back, they would remind me, "You're terminal." Um, I don't know why you're doing this, and I go, "Why not? If you tell me that Western medicine is not going to cure me, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. What do I have to lose?" And she didn't answer me. Interesting. What do I, have to lose? I remember exactly. You you told me that Western medicine is not going to cure me. Everybody's told me that chemo is not going to cure me. So. What do I have to lose by trying the oil? <laughs> well, exactly. Nothing. Exactly. I remember way back in the day when I started this journey, because I do have a history of cancer that goes way back to 83. Um, back in the day, if I remember correctly, Sloan Kettering actually was involved in a massive cover-up um, regarding uh, Laetrile and B17. And they had done studies. And apparently, they had doctored those studies because those studies actually proved that Laetrile or B17 was certainly um, very, very good for cancer. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that was years ago. I bought the... um, Because I still... at, At one time, I was still putting trust in the medical community and the alternative therapy. And when I went back for radiation therapy, I asked them about the Latrell, and they're like, it's this, it's this. And they scared me into using it. But now I just started on the Latrell about a month ago. And so, you, um, you're still yeah, taking cannabis as well? I've never, I've, been, I've never missed a dose of my oil. I oh, okay. will not miss that. <laughs> Good. Well, another thing you can tell uh, the doctors at Sloan Kettering is that nobody has died in the history of this plant from uh, from using cannabis or cannabis oil. And the question exactly. to them is, how many people have died using chemotherapy and radiation? Exactly. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel today, Karen? What's your situation I, today? I feel pretty good. Um. My biggest thing is I just feel like I'm hungover in the morning, and that's from the oil, but I'm going to try the suppository like you guys told me. But I have no pain. I eat everything. I eat everything in sight. And nothing nothing hurts my stomach. I just had an endoscopy last week, last Tuesday, because I had um, a CAT scan after my radiation, and it said low-beta tissue. I said, what is low beta tissue? I'm a registered nurse. What is low beta tissue? They couldn't even answer me. What is low beta tissue, right? So they basically said, I'm sorry, the radiation didn't work. Okay. So then I had a PET scan. It showed no activity. So those two reports didn't make sense. How could I have a PET scan that shows no activity and a CAT scan that shows low beta tissue? 
So I demanded an endoscopy. You know what an endoscopy is when you actually take the scope down your throat and yes. you actually look. They actually put the camera in. I actually went to a different doctor outside the hospital locally here. He did the endoscopy and I told him, I don't want you touching the tumor. Don't manipulate it. Take pictures of it. We don't need any biopsies. We know it's cancer because I didn't want him manipulating the tumor. I said, but I don't think you're going to find a tumor because I know my body and there's no obstruction. Like, cause I, when I was obstructed, I was in pain. I said, I know my body. There's no obstruction and I eat everything. And right before the procedure, we were joking around and he goes, I guarantee you I'm going to see the tumor. After the tumor, the look on his face was like, I, it's squeaky clean. I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. He's like, you're small. I couldn't even find the, the tumor. And I said, did you go to the third part of the, the duodenum where the tumor is. And he goes, yeah, I saw the tattoos because the first time I had an endoscopy, they will tattoo you to to, lo- to let you know. I guess they put um, medical tattoos where the tumor was. Yes. So he actually saw the tattoos, but no tumor. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> no great. surgery. I've never had any surgery. I never had it. I never had it removed. Nothing. It, yeah. Cannabis took it away. By itself. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's just wonderful. I mean, I feel like I'm justified because all these doctors were like telling me and they they put the camera in my stomach and they saw nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I still have it on the one lymph node, but my tumor markers are normal. They've been normal. So it could be scar tissue, which I believe it is. In my heart, I believe it's scar tissue because my tumor markers are completely normal. Even the nurses at the hospital are like, oh, my God, your CEA is one and your CA-199 is nine. That's, in, that's crazy. What does that mean? I, what does that mean, Karen? I don't, I don't know. Um, because my cancer is in the duodenum, they take two tumor markers because the CA-199 is a tumor marker for pancreatic cancer. Okay. And the CEA is usually a tumor marker for colon cancer. And they... They look at those markers, and that's how they they monitor your cancer, kind of. Mm-hmm. And my actually, my tumor marker that was elevated was my CA199. That was at 105 when I was first diagnosed. Normal is 0 to 34. I am now at 9. Wow, you're and awesome. That's incredible. That's, that's the tumor marker they use for pancreatic cancer. Okay. So your and, pancreas is in good shape. My pancreas is in great shape. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. CEA is carcinogenic estimated assay. Mm-hmm. That's what they usually do for like colon cancers, but my CEA is completely normal too. It's one. One. Way one. to rock it, Karen. Yes. I, I'm, <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm shocked. <laughs> now, when you were first diagnosed in July of 2015, uh, you said you had uh, stage four duodenal cancer with metastasis to the lung. How is That's, that? Go ahead. Um, because they found nodules in the lung, and they—that's what made me stage four. It it spread to it spread outside the intestine into the lymph node right around the heart. It's there's an artery called the mesenteric artery. It spread to the mesenteric artery and from the mesenteric artery went into my lung. What's your status? So that's why I was classified as stage four. What's the status of uh, the cancer in your lung now, Karen? Within the first week of the cannabis oil, because remember I had the blood clot mm-hmm. two weeks after I started cannabis oil, 
they took, I had to have a CAT scan with the blood clot because they had to see the blood clots. And my primary doctor said, I could tell you on the CAT scan that your, your lung nodules have decreased. That was in two weeks. And my lung nodules have been the same since December of 2015. They haven't changed in size. Karen, so I, not even, sorry. I'm sorry. I think maybe if you, uh, move forward on doing the suppositories that you're going to notice a difference in that for uh for whatever reason i see a lot of success in cancer patients with lung cancer and suppositories okay well what i was saying was the lung cancer is um not even an issue they they're just nodules they're they they're not doing anything they're i think it's dormant it's there's they don't even say they don't. They're not even worried about the lung cancer. It's. Yeah. it's I think it's scar tissue. I, it would be interesting to see whether you know when you said that. What I was thinking uh, before I mentioned the suppositories there was that it would be interesting to see if those actual nodules disappeared. That would be great. But I just had the CAT scan and they just so it's sub millimeters. It's it's not even a millimeter. That's how small the nodules are. Karen, what's, what has been your uh, mental state from being diagnosed in July of 2015 with stage 4 cancer and today where everything seems to be working in your favor? My mental state, um, well, I did go through a lot. Um, I, I did have to go on antidepressants, and I still am on antidepressants, but um, it is... It's something that I don't wish on my worst enemy. It's horrible. It was actually a horrible time. But thank God I had my family, and I have amazing, amazing, amazing parents that supported me 100%, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. But you're get- the good news is you're getting better, right? Yes, I am. Yep. Yeah. And your your parents, uh, tell us about their support for you. Um, my mom is just, I say there's living angels, and my mom is one of them. Like, Corey's one of them. She is truly a, just a living angel. I can't even say anything. She's just the most amazing person in my life. She Thank does you. everything for me. Everything, everything she does for me. So I, I truly, I've been blessed with amazing parents. Has this changed your, how has this changed your life, Karen? It's changed my life um, immensely. Like trivial things that would mean something don't mean as much. Um, Monetary things don't mean as much. I value life a lot greater now. I don't know if you can get that. No, we hear that yeah. uh, hear that from a lot of people that uh, who survive cancer. They have a new appreciation for life, and they realize that uh, we all need money to, in order to survive. But it's not the most important thing in life. No, it's not the most important thing. And things buying things isn't the most important thing. I mean, if you've if you've got your health, if you've got uh, a good relationship with people close to you, then uh, life is good. Yes, it is. And I, good things have come out of this cancer. Really, I've met a lot of wonderful people. And everything happens for a reason. I truly believe that. Are you still a nurse or you were a nurse? 
I was a nurse. I what I had I was I went on disability. Well, I was only working part time because I had the kids. I went on disability. There was no way I could even be a nurse and take cannabis and try to function. And it wouldn't be safe to me to I was a same day surgery nurse. It wouldn't be safe to me to try to take care of a patient, you know, when my mind isn't there a hundred percent. But I went on disability and I got approved immediately for disability. I applied for disability in September of 2015. I got my first disability check January of 2016. It was not hard at all. So thank God for that. I'll bet you this has sure changed your view of the medical profession, hasn't it? It has. It really has. And believe it or not, I was one of those people that had that thought process. Cannabis can save your life. Are you kidding me? I was one of those until it was actually me, and I was left with no other choice but to take something that, if it was going to work, I had no other, what did I have to lose? Mm-hmm. I was going to be dead in two years. That's what they told me. So what did I have to lose? And I did change my thought process. And so many of my nurse coworkers have changed their thought process, too. Oh, have they? That's, yes, they that's, have. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I talk to them all the time about it. Oh, that's great, Karen. That's what we need. And I'm just trying to spread the word. So in July of 2015, you were diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. So in July of 2017, you'll probably be in the best health of your life. Yes. When the medical medical profession said you will likely be dead. Yes. Crazy. And then then after... um, the radiation treatments in August. I did radiation in July in August, all of July into August. I was doing radiation treatments and chemo pills. That was that was tough. I don't. That was worse than the chemo radiation because it was every day. Mm. And um, what was I going to say? I'm very forgetful. I'm so sorry. No, that's um, that's, that's okay. okay. Um, that's the, part of the oils too. Yeah, um, part of the oil and part of chemo too. Chemo, chemo brain is chemo real. Brain, it's a yes. real thing. You, you, your, your short-term memory is just shot. <laughs> well, it's nice that you're recovering. The good news is, Karen, your next cruise, you'll be able to eat. Yes, I will. I, I promised myself a cruise. I promised myself a lot of things, but um, <laughs> no, that's. I can't wait to become patient to activists like Corey. Oh, that, <laughs> that's that's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. Yes, it is. Well, hurry up and get better. I will, we need Corey. you. I really will. I <laughs> we just, need you. I am still in a shock that cannabis did this. It's still hard to believe to this day. Yeah. Well, we've, uh, we've talked about this on many other podcasts on how this plant has been stigmatized and demonized over the years. And now the light is beginning to shine on it, particularly in a number of states in the U.S. Is New Jersey a legal state? It is a legal state, um, but unfortunately, New Jersey does not carry oils. They only carry um, buds and some kind of, I don't even think they have tinctures. You have to make your oil, and I have children, and I wasn't about to make oil in my house. I don't know why. I just didn't. So I never made my own oil. Well, that's uh, that's great. You'll you'll uh, become an oil aficionado soon, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to try to learn to make my own oil. Maybe one day I will. Yeah, that's great. 
But it's hard to even, you can't grow in New Jersey. You're not allowed to grow your own. Karen, what would you like to say to people who are listening about uh, having survived stage four duodenal cancer and uh, you're on the road to recovery? What would you like to say to people? Don't give up. There's always hope. Don't give up. Never give up. If I would have gave up, I wouldn't be here talking to you. No, that's that's very well said. Karen, great to talk to you today. Thank you very thank much. You. Uh, we, thank you. We appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Karen, thank you so much for doing this. All right, Corey. Have a wonderful day. It was nice meeting you, Ian. Good to meet you, and uh, okay. good luck. Thank you so much. Take care, Karen. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it, another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.